Which come on, Lonies Hardware and Garden Stores brings your Garage Logic <laughs> podcast number seven hundred and ninety-one. Interesting meteorological note: it was sixty-three degrees on this day in nineteen twenty-one. That's the first sixty we've ever recorded that mm. early. Mm. Okay, and it was uh, twenty-five below in eighteen seventy-five. Sixty-three. That was oh. yesterday. <laughs> Sorry. And now, wrong button. From the mayor's office <laughs> above the boathouse on the east shore of Spoon Lake. It's Garage Logic with Rookie on Production, Chris Reavers, Director of Social Media, John Hyde in the newsroom, and occasionally Kenny from the Krabby Coffee Shop. Here is your Flashlight King, Fireworks Commissioner, and Keeper of Common Sense, your Mayor, Joe Souchere. I'm going to give you my theory about Vladimir Putin. It's worth exactly what you're going to pay to hear it. Okay. What's the old saying in Texas? All hat and no cattle? Yeah. Fool me once, you can't get fooled again. I think Putin, who's now apparently de-escalating the situation with Ukraine, I think he's uh, bored. Uh, I, I know there's two things I feel pretty strongly about. One, he's soulless. And two, he's bored. He's got a nothing country. They don't make anything. Nobody's waiting for the next... Russian automobile or electronics gadgetry or a cell phone hmm. or a clothing line or they don't have anything. They sell some oil every year. But basically it's he and about 10 guys he allowed to corruptly uh, become oligarchs and there's they got nothing. Nothing. He's bored. He's got this massive country and they're they're a joke. They're a laughing stock. And so every once in a while, he does something like this. Now, today he's calling Trudeau a tyrant, <laughs> Pierre Trudeau, uh, because of his uh, Emergency Powers Act regarding the truckers. So when he called it a training mission, you you truly believe him? I don't believe anything he says. Oh, I'm okay. saying he acts out of boredom. Okay. He has got nothing else to do. You don't think he was testing the waters a little? He, he's like Roycey post-radio show. Yeah. He just drives around and <laughs> calls all of us. He's got nothing to do. I think that's my theory on Putin, is he's extra extraordinarily bored. Hmm. Because what the hell does he have to do? But he got mm. nothing. But he's a hockey guy. Is Ten he watching people the are rich and the rest of them are struggling. <laughs> it's just a, uh, he just a, uh, such a variety of words I can't say. I, I think Careful. it's a little more complicated than No, than, Kenny, uh, I'm simplifying it. Uh, your pedestrian theory. but He's uh, a bored guy. <laughs> Oh, and because he has no soul and he's essentially evil, it's a dangerous combination. That is true. But that's my uh, that's my theory, whether you like it or not. Okay. Yeah. yeah. You thought that would get a little more legs, did you? Not really. <laughs> oh. Not really. <laughs> There's so much going on in the world that I don't know anything uh, about. You know, I'm glad you said that because, you know, routinely we will get emails. How come you guys aren't talking about... We only can do one show a day. You got the two competing extraordinary controversies. One alleging Hillary's team spied on Trump's software. And the second competing story is Trump's accounting firm distancing itself from him because they have found his work to be unreliable with them. And, uh, you know, we're. So. It, Basically, most people would probably wish us to focus on Hillary spying on him, which I know nothing about yet. 
And then there we have other listeners who would wish us to focus on the fact that uh, his financial shenanigans are catching up to him. And you have a and producer. And I know nothing about that. And you have a producer that just wants to sit this play out. Well, I'm going to learn about it, but I, I'm, you know, and then there's this thing in America. You guys tell me we've talked about it. We called the Great Reset. We have. Which is stocking the Federal Reserve Board with, with politicians as opposed to people with any fiduciary sense of keeping the country on an even keel. And this apparently is how they would bring about the Green New Deal, which gratefully is going to be shot down in the Build Back Better nonsense. And they got their eyes on $23 trillion, trillion of assets in banks. And they're, 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 the Biden nominees include a woman named Raskin, who famously insists that she would make sure banks could not lend money to fossil fuel corporations. It goes on and on and on and on. And you got this 15-year-old Russian little girl uh, skating, and if she wins with a dope charge hanging over her head, and if she wins, there'll be no medal ceremony, meaning two other people would get a short change in all their Olympic preparation. Because they get to, it's the only reason you go there is to stand on the stoop and get a medal. This it's is the only reason. This is why so many people don't care about the Olympics anymore, because of things just like this. By the way, there was a great meme last week where they had the photo of Bill Murray in Groundhog Day, mm-hmm. and it had him standing with the microphone and it just said, well, it's day you know 399 of Build Back Better, and he's got yeah. the disheveled look on yeah. his face. It was pretty funny. Oh, man, everything's upside down. <laughs> Page two of today's Star Tribune. Drought in the western U.S. is worst in 12 centuries. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I heard that story. Um, 1500s, is that correct? The mega drought. 800s. The mega drought in the American Southwest has become so severe that it's now the driest two decades in the region in at least 1,200 years, scientists said Monday. And climate change is largely responsible. Sure. Could you hit the we don't know that button, please? Oh, I do need to hit that, don't I? Uh, We don't know that. I'm just building up to a point I want to discuss for a moment. The drought began in 2000 and has reduced water suppliers, devastated farmers and ranchers, and helped fuel wildfires. It had previously been considered the worst in 500 years, according to the researchers, but exceptional conditions in the summer of 2021, when about two-thirds of the West was an extreme drought, really pushed it over the top, said A. Park Williams, a UCLA climate scientist who led an analysis using tree ring data to gauge drought. As a result, 2000 to 2021 is the driest 22-year period since A.D. 800, which is as far back as the data go. The, uh, the analysis also showed that human-caused warming played a major role in making the current drought so extreme. Here's the paragraph that stopped me in my tracks. There would have been a drought regardless of climate change, Williams said. Wait a minute. Wait a minute, what? Yep. There would have been a drought regardless of climate change, Williams said, but its severity would have only been about 60% of what it was. How could you know that? Huh? Um, uh, no, serious question. How could you possibly know that? Uh, how could you pull that statistic out of your butt and say, <laughs> well, you know, there would have been a drought anyway, but now it's 60% worse than what it would have been. Ah, you know well, what that is, Joe, don't you? Yeah. Here's today's environmental statistic. That's a doozy. I've been who reading. Was, uh, who was keeping data in AD 800? Well, they used tree New, rings. In New Mexico. They oh. used tree rings. 
Okay, thank you. And UCLA is a public school, uh, so maybe A. Park Williams is funded by the United States government. That's not me. That's, That's Johnny. Me. I got to turn it off. I'm sorry. Yeah, well, it's not me. All right. Uh, hey, uh, why can I get in? <laughs> Are you recording? I've been reading. Uh, my man down in Northfield sent me a speech that uh, Michael Crichton gave in 2001. Uh, Crichton was an, he's no longer with us. He was an exceptional skeptic when it came to many things, nuclear winters, secondhand smoke, uh, global warming. And when I look at this paragraph that says, there would have been drought regardless of climate change, but its severity would have only been about 60% of what it was. I, I don't, I have no earthly idea how you could even determine that, how that's possible. Uh, I'm gonna read you a piece, some uh, paragraphs from a Crichton speech. Uh, he's, he's, really, he's really mocking of the idea of using models to project the climate. Uh, this fascination with computer models is something I understand very well. Richard Feynman calls it a disease. I fear he is right. But only if you spend a lot of time looking for a at a computer screen can you arrive at the complex point where the global warming debate now stands. Nobody believes a weather prediction 12 hours ahead. Is that a fair statement? True. <laughs> Now we're asked to believe a prediction that goes out 100 years into the future and make financial investments based on that predict prediction as everyone lost their minds. Stepping back, I have to say the arrogance of the model makers is breathtaking. There have been in every century scientists who say they know it all. Since climate may be a chaotic system, no one is sure, these predictions are inherently doubtful to be polite. But more to the point, even if the models get the science spot on, they can never get the sociology. To predict anything about the world 100 years from now is simply absurd. If I was selling stock in a company that I told you would be profitable in 21, in, in, in uh, uh, 2100, 2021, how do we say 21, the year 2100? 2120? 2100. 2100. Yeah. Would you buy it or would you think the idea was so crazy it must be a scam? Remember, he's talking about this in 2001. Let's think, this is the part that we have not stopped to take into consideration. Let's think back to people in 1900 in, say, New York. If they worried about people in 2000, what would they worry about? Probably, where would people get enough horses? And what would they do about all the horse manure? Horse pollution was bad in 1900. Think how much worse it would be a century later with so many more people riding horses. But of course, within a few years, nobody rode horses, except for sport. And in 2000, France was getting 80% of its power from energy source that was unknown in 1900. Germany, Switzerland, Belgium, and Japan were getting more than 30% from this source, unknown in 1900. I presume he's talking nuclear. Remember, people in 1900 didn't know what an atom was. They didn't know its structure. They also didn't know what a radio was, or an airport, or a movie, or a television, or a computer, or a cell phone, or a jet, an antibiotic, a rocket, a satellite, an MRI, an ICU, an IUD, internet, uh, interferon, instant replay, remote sensing, remote control, speed dialing, gene therapy, gene splicing, gene spot welding, heat seeking, bipolar, Prozac, leotards, lap dancing, email, tape recorder, CEDs, airbags, plastic explosive, plastic, plastic, robots, cars, liposuction, transduction, superconduction, dish antennas, and he goes on and on and on. Now, you tell me you can predict the world of 2100. Tell me if that's even worth thinking about. Uh, our models just carry the present into the future. 
they're bound to be wrong. Everyone who gives it a moment's thought knows it. Isn't that something? And now I have a scientist from UCLA telling me that, well, uh, without climate change, this drought would be 60% less uh, impactful. How, you can't know that. You know what that sounds like? That sounds like the Vikings t-shirt your kid got you for Christmas. We almost always almost win. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, no, I, sometimes, I, I, sometimes we almost always win. I, <laughs> I have thoughts about the drought. I'm sure it's miserable. It's horrible. It's tough on the farmers and the ranchers, and it's tough on everything. But it'll rain again. It's going to rain again. And, and don't tell me that it would, would have been only about 60% of what it was. That's, to me, that's unknowable. What I don't like is he can say something like that and get away without, without any uh, data to back himself up. And people will assume that it's fact or yeah, trust that tell, it's fact. Tell me why you say that. What proof do you have of Crichton that? Crichton can answer that, as he did in this speech from what's well, getting to be 20 years ago now. Uh, consensus replaced science. And he notes that consensus is not science, and science is not consensus. Right. Consensus should be left to politics. Science is the uh, establishment of fact. It has nothing to do with consensus. But what we're seeing in story after story after story, and this was typically from the New York Times, what we're seeing is that many of these researchers simply accept the consensus that there must be man-made climate change. There's really no science to prove it. If all you're going to cling to is models. Models are right now, and you're going to project right now, 100 years from now. And as Crichton says, A, you might not get that right, and B, you certainly won't get the sociology right. We don't know what life will be like on Earth in 100 years. It's, it's unimaginable. Mm -hmm. When you see the strides made from 1900 to 2000, what possibly is going to be accomplished between 2000 and 3000? Well, especially, wh why are we so worried about 100 two, years from now when we only have 12 years left anyway? Right. Wait, what's 100 years from now? 2222. 20. <gasps> oh, that'll be fun trivia, huh? 2222 is 100 yeah. years from now? Yes. Okay. We can't imagine Wait, no, 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 what. No, no, no. Oh, no, Twenty-one twenty-two. Twenty-one twenty-two. Yeah. Hey. Oh my gosh. No, we're yeah. in. It's twenty-one twenty-two. No, no. It's, it's twenty twenty-two right now. Jesus H. <laughs> well, I got my YouTube highlight for today. It's twenty-one twenty-two right now. Right. That's so a hundred years from now would be twenty-one twenty-two. Correct. Yes. There you go. <laughs> we don't know what things will be like. Hey, but you know what? Ninety-nine years from now, it'll be twenty-one, twenty-one. Yeah. Oh, nice. Just think of February twenty-first, twenty-one, twenty-one. For Too if you read late. on, never if mind. You, if you read on this uh, New York Times piece you were uh, quoting, evidently uh, here, but even in a mega drought, there can be periods when wet conditions prevail. It's just that there are not enough consecutive wet years to end the drought. So even though you had a wet year, you still have a drought. Um, wouldn't you start the clock over? Mm -hmm. Isn't that like uh, a, a game ends a losing game ends a winning streak? Plus, a drought provides great optics. The the sh the you know the shriveled lake bed and the the stream reduced to a trickle. It it provides great out uh, uh, optics to sell to sell your BS. And again, I'm not cheering for a drought. I think it's dreadful, and I. 
I'm reasonably certain, based on just my limited experience as a non-scientist, that it will rain again. Or they'll have a great He's, snowpack in the Sierras this winter. They go on to explain um, that the reason um, it's a drought is because it's a heat caused a drought and the heat draws the moisture out of the ground what so other even, kind of drought could there be um uh just a hold on is there There's a an cold answer. caused drought precipitation amounts can go up and down over time and can vary regionally she said but uh, as human activities continue to pump greenhouse gases into the atmosphere temperatures are more generally rising uh, as they do, the air is basically more capable of pulling the water out of the soil, the vegetation, crops, and forests. And it makes for drought conditions to be much more extreme. Hmm. Although there is no uniform definition, a mega drought is generally considered to be one that is both severe and long on the order of several decades. Well, yeah. by the way, uh, speaking of climate change, mm-hmm. we were asking, we were discussing this. I believe it was yesterday, but someone did find the flight map of the over 140 private jets that left L.A. within five <laughs> hours of the Super Bowl oh, yeah. Sunday yeah. night, yeah. from anywhere from Maine to Florida, all over the East Coast. But that's and that's all fine with me, so long as they are owned by people who aren't going to lecture me. Yeah, and that's what I thought too. What I found interesting uh, in, in that tweet was. The responses and the people defending those, um, the fact that no matter uh, what was the uh, the comparison of the carbon uh, the output that the jets put out compared to the gazillions of cars put out every day, mm-hmm. uh, and it was back and forth and back and forth and arguing. I, I, I can't take the comment section of life anymore. I'm with you. <laughs> uh, the, 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 I am the comment section. I am out. I don't read it in the newspaper. And I'm dangerously close to um, every tweet I release, people won't be able to comment on it. I just don't want to hear anything anybody has, has to say about anything anymore. It's become a very loud echo chamber, hasn't it? It really has. Yep. And that goes for um, fact-finding people, too. Fact-checking, fact-checking. Those are the people I believe the least, the (laughs) fact-checkers. We must revisit the decline of urban America. Uh Uh-oh. When we come back with what should be earth-shattering news, and it will not be. It's Reavers here for Josh Arnold. Mr. Money Talk is what he's called around these parts. Josh has been an investment consultant since 1978. This extensive career has given him the experience needed to manage your money in both up and down markets. Josh provides independent, personalized investment planning to individuals and small businesses, including retirement plans. Josh has been doing this for quite some time, and the thing that separates him from the rest is he will always give you straight talk and never sugar-coated advice. When you invest for yourself or for your small business with Josh, you get the same straight talk that you would expect from Mr. Money Talk. You also get an investment consultant who will work pro actively with you to create a strategy that fits your goals. You can also hear him at the end of Garage Logic every Tuesday and Thursday with a full report. Give him a call today for that free 48-minute financial consultation at 952-925-5608. That number once again is 952-925-5608. Or for more information, just visit his website, joshartlinvestmentconsultant.com. 
This guy wears many hats, just not indoors. Joe Suchere. Uh, as Neil Young plays in the background, uh, I want to <laughs> remind you the website is aimhighconstructionmn.com. Uh, you know what? We better say that's not Neil Young, otherwise he'll want to pull his uh, music from uh, uh, glpodcast.com. Well, there's uh, a lot of misinformation. Yeah. Thank you for that opening. Yeah. <laughs> it did sound like cinnamon, girl. That was perfect, Was that... That was the the lad. Was Dylan, that the yeah, lad? That was, yeah. that was Dylan. Dylan. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I got to text him. Thanks for reminding me. Uh, <laughs> right now is the perfect time to get the ball rolling with aimhighconstructionmn.com. Uh, get a hold of Chris and his crews so uh, he can get that spring project on the calendar in addition to doing residential and commercial work. Aimhigh has also done work for both the state and the federal governments, which is a nice twist. Uh, because Chris, he's a veteran. He served in the Air Force during the first Gulf War, hence the name, Aim High Construction. And now it's come full circle. They're paying them to do work. The reason you want to book spring and summer right now is because in addition to being very, very busy, they use the best quality materials out there, and the good stuff is in high demand. So if you've been dreaming about any upgrades around the place, get a hold of Chris right now and get that bid ball rolling the work is guaranteed in the craftsmanship of the highest quality. I can personally attest to that uh, with all the work they did for me in Minneapolis. Again, it's aimhighconstructionmn.com. I read this today in the Pioneer Press, and there are so many aspects of it that need to be pointed out. Uh, you'll recall yesterday that we learned that Melvin Carter believes homicides are the result of not enough community investment. Of course, yes. Right. And today we learn that a high-ranking Metro Transit police captain is becoming director of St. Paul's new Office of Neighborhood Safety, Mayor Carter announced yesterday. Brooke Blakey, let me stop right there. Blakey sounds familiar to you. She is the daughter of the departed Art Blakey, who for 37 years was the head of the State Fair Police Department. Oh, Art Blakey. Oh, I thought it was the jazz music. No. Brooke Blakey, Brooke Blakey will, now try to figure this out, will work with city departments, community leaders, and community-first partners to expand Carter's community-first public safety framework, which his office describes as incorporating an array of strategies focused on addressing the root causes of crime for a coordinated and data-driven approach to public safety. Well, in other words, there's nothing there that's measurable. There's, there's nothing that could be measured for achievement. Brooke Blakey's career of public service will be invaluable as she engages in this new role and supports our work to realize safer outcomes in every neighborhood, Carter said in a statement. All right. Blakey is Metro Transit... Blakey is Metro Transit Police Chief of Staff and has overseen operations, investigations, administration, and community outreach and engagement. She has also helped create the department's homeless action team. Blakey previously worked at the Ramsey County Public Defender's Office in the Minnesota State Fair Police Department, and I mentioned her dad was Art Blakey. She is a lifelong St. Paul resident. The Office of Neighborhood Safety will coordinate violence prevention strategies... <laughs> I'm sorry. I know. I was trying to hold it I in. know. We'll, uh, we'll coordinate violence prevention strategies and alternative responses, along with creating a permanent commission of residents and public safety representatives. According to the mayor's office, Blakey will start on Feb 28. 
Okay, so I'm just sitting there thinking to myself, this is utter nonsense. Uh, it's just another $100,000 that could have been used to hire a cop and a half. Uh, there's just so much uh, that I, I, I know nothing about this young woman. Uh, she apparently has extensive uh, credentials. And then I get this email from a source. I'm writing in regards to Melvin Carter, and I'm assuming this source does not wish to be named, but I could verify what this... Uh, well, here, I'll explain. I am writing in regards to Melvin Carter's most recent appointment to his fluffy cabinet. Today, he appointed Brooke Blakey as the director of the new St. Paul Office of Neighborhood Safety. Brooke Blakey was previously a captain serving as chief of staff at Metro Transit Police before she was demoted to officer following a thorough internal affairs investigation after a community event in Minneapolis. Blakey allegedly acquired laptops that were, that were designated to underprivileged youth in the north side of Minneapolis. See the story, and I'm linked to the story by the source. Despite this, Melvin Carter apparently sees her fit to lead the city of St. Paul in neighborhood safety. Blakey has deep ties to John Harrington, the former chief of Metro Transit, now the commissioner of public safety, and it seems that now she is no longer able to rise in the ranks at Metro Transit. She has found her continued existence on the third rail within Melvin Carter's crew of individuals who have seemingly done nothing to change St. Paul to the better during his tenure. I am not appointing an individual I'm not sure appointing an individual with a history of literally taking from underprivileged youths of Minneapolis to a position of neighborhood safety in St. Paul is going to bode well. That's all allegedly. <clears throat> but here's a story from August, just this past August, August 26, 2021, from Fox News. Fox 9 has learned two top-ranking officials with the Metro Transit Police Department are on administrative leave pending an investigation into their involvement with the Volunteer Community Program. Captain Brooke Blakey, who serves as Chief of Staff for the department, is one of the officials on administrative leave. She is the daughter of the late Art Blakey, the longtime Minnesota State Fair Police Chief, who died in 2018. Blakey declined to comment on her suspension. In a statement to Fox 9, a spokesperson for Metro Transit Police said Metro Transit and the Metro Transit Police Department have received a complaint and are in the process of working with a third party to investigate that complaint. The spokesperson said state privacy laws prevent the department from offering details of the complaint and issues involved. Representatives of the union serving Metro Transit Police, law enforcement, labor services did not return calls seeking comment. Sources told Fox 9 the allegations concern how the officers interacted with a community nonprofit called Seeds to Harvest. The volunteer group is a coalition of 47 North Minneapolis nonprofits and residents who carry out community service projects. According to the group's website, Seeds to Harvest began as a response to the pandemic and the murder of George Floyd. Volunteers with the group, including Blakey, have been actively involved in coaching and mentoring kids at North Commons Recreation Center. Earlier this month, the group's volunteers helped kids attempt to break the Guinness World Records for catch football in the world's largest game of jumping high fives. According to uh, Metro Transit's Facebook page, last December, members of the Metro Transit Police Department teamed up with Seeds to Harvest to distribute meals and flowers to two dozen families that have been impacted by COVID-19 pandemic and other recent challenges. 
Blakey joined Metro Transit Police as a full-time police officer in June 2014 and quickly rose through the ranks, becoming a sergeant in 2018 and a captain in March of 2021. Most recently, she served as chief of staff for Metro Transit Police Chief Eddie Frizzell. She is second highest ranking member of the department. According to Blakey's Metro Transit Police profile, she is a leading expert in community police relations, particularly with unsheltered populations. She was instrumental in uh, the creation of uh, the Metro Transit Department's Homeless Action Team. Frizzell uh, did not reply to an email seeking comment. So uh, we don't know what became of that Metro Transit internal investigation. How is that not public information? Well, uh, there's not enough Tom Lydens around, maybe. This was a story of his from August. And I did some more homework and searched more to discover if there had been some follow-up. I went to the Google. I could not find any follow-up. Yeah. Uh, there is none. I, I've been, been looking for five, five minutes, and yeah. there's no follow-up whatsoever. You know, for all I know, she's Mother Teresa. But she was... She was a subject of an internal affairs investigation. And the source uh, indicates it was allegedly involving uh, maybe the improper ownership of some computers that were designated for uh, kids uh, to be using. But we certainly don't know that. We don't know that. I said that's uh, Yeah, that's and this is that. just this guy making allegations. Um, Seeds to Harvest, we are a coalition of organizations and community leaders raising 248000 plus in kind donations to provide a safe place to be kids again, healthy meals and snacks, T-shirts, uniforms, equipment, and to participate in service projects and the opportunity to set world records and begin to change the narrative of daily lives. Seeds to Harvest Coalition has designated summer programming that a 1,000 youth and their families can engage in at no cost. I need a mole uh, for Metro Transit. I need a mole to tell me if they know anything about that internal affairs. What what if it what if it was true? Then is she really a wise choice for this new St. Paul Office of Public Safety? Community first public safety framework? Well, isn't the entire idea in the first place a bit ridiculous? The uh, the job title is invented out of whole cloth, and the problem with it, and it's the problem I have with virtually uh, all of Melvin Carter's so-called cabinet, none of them have job positions that could be related to anything being measured for accomplishment. Correct. There's there's no there's no uh, uh, there's no framework in place to say uh, my director of diversity has accomplished such and such such and such. Right. That that doesn't exist. And and how are you to gauge the success of something? Uh, called an array of strategies focused on addressing the root causes of crime. The root causes of crime, Melvin, we've been through this a million times. The root causes of crime are kids not raised with any ethical and moral foundation in their family structure. It has nothing to do with you creating another department. You, you can't tackle this. The Department of Public Safety. Isn't that a police department? Not in the eyes of the new uh, political class. And again, let's take Melvin off the hook. This, this no. would be No, no. What I mean by that is <laughs> this would be no different than anything that's going on in any True. other city closest to the country's tallest You're buildings. right. But this is also the same guy that didn't want ShotSpotter in his town. Right. Well, for all I know, they don't have it in Portland and Seattle either. Well, no, but I know uh, Fletch just, was there a story this morning, yesterday? Guys, help me. Um, Fletch wants all of Ramsey County. 
now equipped with shot spotter. Oh. I thought I read that this morning. Hmm. But gee, you know, and the the again, I, I keep wondering when when the citizens citizens of St. Paul uh, are going to realize how they're being taken by this administration well, and uh, what it's costing them. I, I'm going to try to come at you from the other angle. All right. S- certainly, no harm could be done by this office. Uh, uh, put aside the spending, um, the cost, etc. I mean, certainly no harm could be done. I'm not, I'm not suggesting that it would be harmful. There's a chance that good could come from it. I mean, it, it, yes. keep in mind, I just, I'm just i fresh off reading um, the Seeds to Harvest mission, and that seems like they're doing the Lord's work. Right. I, I, so far you've said nothing I would disagree with. What I, uh, uh, And wouldn't that eventually lead to some of these kids being offered hope and some of these kids, oh, God, I'm just making this BS up as I go. Some of these kids not turning to a life of crime, some some seeing some self-worth in themselves, and, it, it you know, two out of ten, five out of ten, some of them turning out good because of these programs? Okay, I, I can answer you. Uh, the way I would answer you is the following. Uh, certainly, uh, Brooke Blakey does not intend to take this new post and commit harm. My objection to it is if crime continues, and we have no evidence that it will not, and we are suddenly told by this office, as though to justify its existence, we're making great progress. My question would be to them, well, how can prove you it? demonstrate that? Yeah, prove it. But prove it. Prove you're prove making it. great What's progress. What's the evidence? Right. There's, that's not a, there, there's not a word of description about her post that suggests anything measurable. Right. Um, when you first brought her up and said that she was um, with the uh, MTPD, the first thing I thought is, well, she's seen some ass then. Oh, yeah. Uh, these guys, they race just from one disaster to another. Right. And they're riding the buses. They're riding the trains. They're helping people out. They see the homeless nonsense that goes on they see the crime on the trains and they see it all um so they had to work to where they were so obviously if she was on the streets at all she's seen what you know us as citizens would see i i will make an attempt i tried and gotten over this morning i will try again to discover uh the result of the internal affairs uh investigation she was a part of i don't anticipate anyone being candid with me. Uh, the uh, they've, they've effectively built great walls around themselves in the public class, and it'll be very difficult to find out. And for all I know, she was uh, found completely clean of anything. That 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 you would think we would be told that. Uh, but if she was in fact involved in something nefarious, and and skated essentially. Then, then you have to call into question her uh, selection by Carter to head up this new office, and and he may have thoroughly vetted her. He may have thoroughly vetted her. He he might be entirely aware of the uh, the uh, investigation by Metro Transit, and he has found her to be uh, his uh, uh, choice. Well, let's be more specific. He doesn't know her at all. Well, he might. Some of his people. Oh no, I, I disagree completely. Yeah, when you start I, to look at the 
When you okay. start to look at the insiders in St. Paul, it's one great big family. Okay. Melvin and his dad and Art Blakey and now Blakey's daughter. And they're all, right. all it's a interconnected. It's nice big super club. Yeah, it's a big club. She, and they're uh, all working together. Interestingly enough, she is also a member of the Minnesota Sentencing Guidelines Commission. Oh, mother of God. Did you, I, did I, you know that? Where did you find that info? I didn't find that info. I found that from a, a story that had to do with uh, Governor Walls making a bunch of appointments. Right. These are all Walls uh, appointees. Yeah. And uh, St. Paul Police Commander Salim Omar, he used to be a member of that, but it was time for him to step down, apparently. And he appointed, the governor did, uh, Brooke Blakey to mm -hmm. take Omari's place. Her term began March 1st of last year, and it ends on January 2nd, 2023. I already hear the crime going down. But why are you being cynical about that? Wouldn't we want more cops on the Sentencing Guidelines well, well, Committee? And the Sentencing Guidelines Committee has what it has to have, and police officers are right. Uh, okay, well, I would I would like to have cops on that committee. Well, you're and, and, and there are yes, yeah, yeah, but you're you're making the assumption that uh, let's put it this way, let's put it this way. I would think you'd have to have a real certain political ideology to work for Melvin Carter. That's exactly what I was referring to. And it would not surprise me at all, and I don't know this, but it would not surprise me at all if she was soft on crime. Because that's the political ideology she just went to work for. I guess, Kenny, the, the leap that I but, made was that when John announced the, the time in which she was appointed, you know what I'm saying? Where crime has yeah. skyrocketed since she's been in whatever that position uh, is. I would need to find proof that she's soft on crime. I Maybe I'm wrong and naive and stupid, but I just assume that cops, police officers... I hope I'm well, wrong. Well, that's what we hope for. Yeah. I hope I'm wrong. But how do you square that with going to work for Melvin? She wants out of the MTPD. And this job probably pays a hell of a lot more. Boy, I really sound like I'm. A, I, I'm just trying to throw the questions out that I love them. Yeah, that, that our haters are going to ask us. Well, I, I don't know what we've said to uh, stir up a hater. I, I well, we're four old men. What we're four white old men. So what? I get to have my view. You do, but I'd like to. I like to poke the bear. Not Joe. that old. Yeah. Well, you're <laughs> not well, that. Not that old. You're almost as old as John Height. I got a sock no, puller no, upper. No. You know, you put that <laughs> this thing on your feet and it pulls the sock up. Ingie uh, gave it to me. Mm, yeah. Other than that, how you doing? I've got one of those long shoehorns, so I don't have to, you know, big belly. Wow, shoehorns! I haven't heard of that in many oh, years. Yeah, get yourself a long one. Just to repeat, the only thing that I find suspect, and again, this is the closer you get to the country's tallest buildings, not just St. Paul is this overarching idea of continuing to create departments and bureaucracies and job titles that are essentially meaningless insofar as they cannot be measured for their results. And this sounds like another one. The uh, department, the, the Office of Neighborhood Safety. Uh, and this is akin to the mayor yesterday saying, uh, we can reduce homicides by more investment in the community. Mm. Well, no, you can't, uh, Melvin, which is why if crime continues, this this new department will prove not only to be unmeasurable for success, but hard-pressed to point out any. Would it be analogous to say that by that same logic, it's what's going on with the school district? 
they need more money for the St. Paul School District, even though the enrollment is continuing to go down. Oh, it's just terrible. Right? Wouldn't that be the same analogy? I'm in the unusual circumstance, too, of rooting for Melvin, uh, and I'm I'm losing hope because I love the city, and I've got a lot invested in the city, and I want the city to survive and thrive. And I just don't see that happening. I, I see it going the other way. Mm-hmm. I see Minneapolis going the other way. Portland, mm-hmm. Seattle, San Francisco, Chicago, L.A. They're all going the wrong way. And I think a lot of these people uh, in office nowadays would, nowadays would say something uh, along the lines that this city has been run under the umbrella of white supremacy, the white man's way. Right. And what they're doing is changing. Yeah, but for the worse. Uh, until proven otherwise, I tend to agree with you, yes. Yeah. yeah, it's certainly costing you more money. That's that's for sure. Why don't we uh, come back with Mr. John? But first, let me tell you about our friends at Everest Men's Health, Joe. Shall I? Okay, I will. Everest Men's Health is a very comfortable environment that's not intimidating like other medical clinics, GLR. They are fantastic. And they're also trustworthy. Are you noticing a lack of energy or maybe a decrease in libido? Well, listen, here's the deal. If you're tired of feeling exhausted when your health suffers, other times, excuse me, oftentimes, other areas of your life are going to suffer as well. But with Everest, that all can change. From signs of low testosterone to other deficiencies, they are going to examine every area important to a man's overall health. And that allows them to develop an easy-to-follow plan that's going to ensure your success. And it doesn't matter where you fall on the spectrum of men's health. The time is now to come into Everest and take the first steps towards realizing your best health possible. Their medical specialists look at the entire picture and figure out what is causing the changes. They start with a full medical evaluation to check testosterone levels, vitamin levels, blood levels, and body composition, and then they make a personalized lifestyle program that can maybe include testosterone replacement. So go online to everestmenshealth.com and schedule your $50 testosterone test test at any of their three locations in Woodbury, Plymouth, and now in Egan. But please do us a favor and make sure you mention them on the GL Podcast. It's everestmenshealth.com. The 31st Annual 2022 Choice Bank Minnesota Golf Show returns to the Minneapolis Convention Center Friday, February 18th through Sunday, Feb 20. Grab your foursome. Get ready for your first round of 2022. See all the Choice Bank Minnesota Golf Show has to offer, including great deals on drivers, irons, putters, and accessories. Nab great deals on the best golf apparel around. This is where I get my golf gloves every year. Take advantage of special offers from your favorite courses and destination golf resort vacations while you're there. Plus, take lessons from the pros and be ready to own your golf game in 2022. And as an added bonus, yes, Garage Logic will broadcast live from 11:30 a.m. to 1 p.m. on Friday, Feb 18. Tickets are now on sale for just $12. Compliments of TwinCitiesGolf.com. Each ticket purchase includes 10 free greens free passes and three bonus passes if you purchase online. Find all show details at MinnesotaGolfShow.com. Presented by Choice Bank, your select Minnesota Buick, GMC dealers, Nelson Marine, and Second Swan. Don't. Here's a man who spends hours in hardware stores, sifting through the nuts and bolts of life. Just oh, I've got to tell you, when Dave, uh, the owner of ProTurf, used the term green industry, I'm like, oh, Dave, what, what are you talking about? <laughs> no, no. Uh, let me rest assure you, GLers, that we're not talking carbon credits here. Uh, the green industry in Dave's uh, world, and by the way, professionalturf.com, Turf applications, golf course work, landscape, horticulture, any of those related fields, 
That's what we're talking about. And the reason I'm bringing this up is because ProTurf is hiring. ProTurf is hiring year-round, full-time, paid-with-benefits positions. This is a great company, a bunch of happy employees uh, working there. And, and by benefits, I mean paid vacations, paid holidays, 401K, uh, you name it, you'll get it there. You'll also get bonuses. Some of his employees, they're performance-based bonuses, and some of them get bonuses every two weeks. 12-month compensation, that means you're not going to be sitting on the couch all winter. You're actually going to go to work and push around some of these, uh, the, the white gold, as Rookie calls it. And if you have a current Minnesota applicator's license, you could earn a bonus of 1000 to $1,500 before you even start work. It's a sign-on bonus, but keep in mind they could go fast, so you've got to apply for these great jobs at ProTurf. Do that at, number one, professionalturf.com, number two, indeed.com, or uh, if you're old school like me, you pick up the phone and you give them a call, 952-469-8680, and get hooked up with ProTurf. Here's John Height. Uh, thank you, Joe. If I may uh, indulge you uh, for just a moment, or you may indulge me, I guess. So yes. Uh, Chris, yeah. uh, you're going to hate me for this, but okay. is there any chance you can pull up that uh, bump you just played? Oh, sure. Or will, or will that uh, be uh, Give me just a second. Yep. That's, I'll just tell One day closer, that. John. One day closer. Well, I, I just, my kid about two weeks ago I'm talking to on the phone, and I said he asked about the bumps, new ones that we're using them. I said, this one, yeah, this one. God, I love that. Yeah, and I said, well, we really like the kind of twangy, birdsy sounding yeah. uh, one. And, and he's, he said, you know where I did that? I said, no. And he said, when I drove out here to California, uh, he said I was in the hotel. I think he said in Tucumcari, Arizona. Yeah. Nice. And he said I was bored, so I just hooked everything up and put that together. That in about is an hour. sweet. That See, is that's such... what he does when he's bored. When Putin's bored, he threatens war. <laughs> exactly. That's a Tucumcari song, John. Yeah, it is. Well, and that's exactly what I said to him. I said, that definitely is the place to write that song. <laughs> I love so, your kid. All right. Well, thanks for indulging that's me. That's wonderful. <laughs> By the way, a uh, new record was set uh, when I was texting Mr. Dylan just a few moments ago. I introduced a song to him. Really? Wow. For the first boy. time in our 15 years of knowing each other. <laughs> Uh, in news, authorities now say it was a stray bullet from a gunfight between two suspects that ended up hitting that bus driver who was transporting three children last week in North Minneapolis. That info coming from a search warrant. The bus driver, if you are not aware of the story, was shot in the head Wednesday around 2.15 p.m. near 37th and Girard Avenues North and was released from the hospital Friday afternoon. None of the kids on board were harmed. The victim told police two people with guns had stopped their vehicles in front of the bus and that both suspects fired their weapons. Police were Not able to even find a school bus will stop these thugs. No, it's the Wild West. Police were able to find one of the suspects who was driving in a black Chevrolet Impala with his son that afternoon. Jeez. The suspect told investigators someone inside a black Dodge Challenger brandished a gun, and he reacted by pulling his Impala over. The driver of the Challenger then got out, pointed a gun at him, and fired around. Mm. Now, the suspect in the Chevy said he then pulled out his own handgun and fired one shot in an upward direction before leaving the scene. He then went to a relative's home to deposit the 9mm handgun for, in his words, safekeeping. After speaking with the suspect, police retrieved the gun from his relative. Police said the suspect does not have a permit to carry a firearm in public, and he did not call 911 after the entire affair. Suspect did tell police he was remorseful for the shooting. Is he back on the street? 
Oh, yeah, I don't uh, think he was ever he, in. He nobody. Yeah, nobody's. I'll, I'll get there in a minute. The Impala was towed to a Minneapolis Police Department forensic lot. The warrant requested a search of that vehicle for firearms, ammo, papers, photos, and cell phones. Police also wanted to process the vehicle. However, the unsealed search warrant shows police did not recover any of the items they were looking for. And as of Monday afternoon, there have been no arrests or charges filed in the case. Um, what about Deshaun Hill? Uh, do we know anything about if they arrested anybody? I've anybody seen no talking? New information. I've you know seen a bunch. No new info you know a bunch of people know. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Wow. Governor Tim Walz holding a roundtable with city leaders and first responders in Egan about protecting Minnesotans. That roundtable comes after Walls met with community leaders in North Minneapolis yesterday in the wake of the increased crime there. The crime wave that continues to grow has state lawmakers trying to figure out what to do next. The governor pushing for prevention. He says each city needs to decide what cutting crime looks like for them and whether more officers are needed on their streets. The Minnesota Department of Public Safety is in full support of the multi-million dollar proposal. Uh, John Harrington, commissioner, public safety commissioner, said Governor Wall's budget is the most comprehensive approach to crime I've ever seen, and I've been doing this for 50 years. The budget to move the state forward includes a proposed $300 million in grants for public safety and local government. Another $30 million would be for the hardest hit areas to help minimize violent crimes in the cities. Uh, meanwhile, Republicans are looking at a much broader solution, including more aggressive prosecution for all uh, offenses. Warren Limmer, senator from Maple Grove, said if probable cause exists, prosecutors must move forward with prosecution, may not pick and choose which crimes to charge. The Senate GOP plan calls for free college education and recruitment grants to get more officers in the door and harsher penalties for violent criminals. A budget for cutting crime has not yet been decided on by the legislature. The defense uh, defense team start, started presenting its case this morning in the federal trial of three former Minneapolis police officers. Thomas Lane, J. Alexander Kang, and Tu uh, Tao are accused of violating George Floyd's civil rights. Federal prosecutors arrested their case yesterday after calling Darnella Frazier to the stand. Uh, Frazier was a teenager who recorded cell phone video of Floyd's death. She was the final witness. Her testimony followed expert witness Timothy Longo, University of Virginia police chief. Tao and Kong told the judge on Monday they will take the stand in the days to come, and Lane confirmed this morning he will also testify. Meanwhile, in Georgia, another federal crime uh, trial continues today. This one, the hate crimes trial of three convicted of killing Ahmad Aubrey. The trial's first day in the port city of Brunswick. Yesterday, prosecutors told the jury they have evidence that each of the defendants had a history of making racist comments. To win convictions on the hate crime charges, they have to prove to the jury that Aubrey was chased and fatally shot because... He was black. In their opening statements, defense attorneys called their clients' use of racist slurs offensive and uh, indefensible, but they insisted that their deadly pursuit of Arbery was motivated by an earnest, though erroneous, suspicion that the black man had committed crimes and not by racial hostility. So, okay, I I went to the Google and uh, I Googled Deshaun Hill to see if anybody's been, you know, charged or investigated. Mm -hmm. I come across a story from just over a year ago. Former Minneapolis North football star killed in shooting, returning home was worst mistake, January twi- uh, 26, 2021. Uh, this kid was robbed. He's 21 years old. He was robbed and shot to death. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also discovered a, a story that I'd forgotten all about 
from 2002 Minnesota Golden Gophers football player found dead in downtown Minneapolis. Also an innocent bystander shot and killed. Uh, they thankfully found the guy that shot him, and he was sentenced to 35 years in, in, in jail. But this just, it's been going on forever, and it feels like it's getting worse, and it's going to keep going on. It's just, this is this is intolerable. Mm-hmm. It is. Are, are people more scared of these gang banger, bangers than they say they were? Like, I don't know, let's go with Al Capone. Is that where we're at? It's ch- It's changing lifestyles, I think. Uh, it's changing... Uh, the the demand that you be so vigilant is, ch- you know, I've I've made a few changes, for example, in where I walk. I mean, there's just minor things that are happening. You just change your lifestyle a bit. Well, I'll, I'll give personally. I I never I get when I get in my car, I never go anywhere in Minneapolis anymore. I go straight home. Okay, and I used to, to frequent. I used to frequent all sorts of places around here. I keep it right here, within reach. Wednesday, March 3rd, 2021, Marcus Hunter II. Mm-hmm. I live in a cemetery called North Minneapolis, and it's uh, four columns about how every single day of his life, he fears for his life. I returned to my car in the Selby Hill, uh, Cathedral Hill neighborhood, uh, Sunday after a walk, and a car with two occupants drove slowly by me, went down to the end, turned around, came up behind me. And I just immediately left. I don't. I think maybe there were just somebody parking. But when I say it's changed your lifestyle, yeah, you, you, you look you, at everybody. You, you just, yeah. Everybody's a everybody's a a, a, a perp. Yeah. yeah. Metro Transit ridership on buses and trains continued to slide in 2021 owing to the COVID-19 pandemic, but officials said they're hopeful more riders will return this year as the Omicron variant eases. Ridership in 2021 declined 6.5% from the previous year, Uh, but remember the number of Metro Transit passengers has dropped by more than half since before the COVID outbreak. In 2019, some 78 million riders used Metro Transit service, 78 million that number is, uh, that number last year, 36 million. Local bus service and light rail proved to be the most popular transit modes, accounting for about 86% of ridership. Commuter and express bus service accounted for just 2% of ridership. And the North Star Rail, which serves the northern suburbs, accounted for less than 1% of all ridership. I don't believe those numbers, by the way. What do you mean? I don't believe 78 million, and I don't believe the 30 million. But to help with the percentages? I don't believe any of it. Okay. If you if you have a heavy f- uh, right foot right now, you might want to keep this in mind. State troopers have begun a 10-day crackdown on speeding in Minneapolis, and uh, they'll also have the chopper up and be watching from the air. That's uh, Interstate 94 they'll be looking at. For the next 10 days, the patrol will put into force its Highway Enforcement for Aggressive Traffic, or HEAT, driving enforcement. A minimum of 10 troopers each night from 7 to 1 a.m. We'll patrol Interstate 94, concentrating on the segment running between Brooklyn Center and downtown Minneapolis. Can I comment on the comments on that? Sure. <laughs> went down that. I thought you rabbit. gave that up. I yeah, went I down the, did I say that on the air or yeah, was that during uh, a break? You said it on the air. <laughs> yeah. um, and this is what led to me giving it up. These morons who comment on this on Twitter. Number one, the reason they release this information is because, believe it or not, they don't want you to speed. They would rather not pull you over. Uh, number two, they picked that stretch because uh, it's a, what is it, a 60, 65, 60 mile an hour stretch? Everybody does 80. Everybody. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. a speedway between the Brooklyn Center curve and Highway 55. 
Uh, number two, there's a hell of a lot of carjackings that are using 94. And actually, last night, they got one. Mm-hmm. They got the car and they got the, the bad guy. Uh, and, and, and they do this, um, the patrol. Here I am defending the patrol. Yeah, you better thank me, Bruce Gordon. Um, <laughs> they do this, and the reason they say the same thing about drunk driving enforcement. They, they say the same thing about seatbelt enforcement because they want you to drive the speed limit. They want you to drive sober. Mm-hmm. They want you to put your seatbelt on. They don't want to have to arrest you and give you tickets. That's why they announce it. This is not racist. They didn't pick this because it's uh, North Minneapolis and they think they're going to uh, find black people. I'm just addressing all these random comments I remember. Chris. Is that is that why you said the people that are – like, who would be complaining about this? Is that what oh, you're saying? Oh, just go to their press release, their tweet yesterday and oh, read some kidding. of the comments. Oh, it's just despicable. Really? It's, wow. uh, yeah, and it's from people whose names are like, I hate pigs, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and, and the other morons out there. Gotcha. Russia's announcement that it'll withdraw some of its troops from the Ukrainian border, welcomed with very cautious optimism by NATO and the West today. Observers warning the apparent de-escalation is yet to be confirmed by movement on the ground. NATO's chief executive Jens Stoltenberg said there is room for cautious optimism. He also warned, though, that Putin still maintains a large military presence near Ukraine, has the ability to attack on short notice, and that there's been no evidence yet of a drawdown of forces, despite Moscow claiming some units are leaving after doing what he called training exercises. Um, by the way, um, I know Kenny is very aware of this. <clears throat> Have you guys seen the uh, reaction from our friends downstairs at uh, Channel 5 when they had the live shot of the Eagle Cam on? Oh my God! No, it's, no, Joe. <laughs> there, it wasn't Chris. It was uh, Matt Belanger. Matt Belanger and Brandy Powell. We're doing, we're <laughs> doing the news. Yeah, and they throw up a, a shot of the Eagle Cam. We've got uh, Min, Minnesota DNR has an Eagle right, Cam. Right. Every spring we watch the uh, chicks. Mom is at home, doing her business. She was making a few squawking noises, which taking I taking care of uh, the yeah. kiddos underneath her. Daddy comes home. Settles in right on top of her oh, and boy. starts canning apricots. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know this went right to YouTube, right? Oh, God! But to have it happen while they're doing a live but television. It, Joe, it's something, it's something that you and I, being married for 80 years, haven't heard in about 79 years. It's the missus calling out saying, get in here. Let's go. (laughs) Where is she? Let's go here. And he's like, oh, I'm here. I'm here. I'm ready. I'm just watching football. Hold on. (laughs) You don't even want me to freshen up? Let's go. Oh, God. Oh, my God. Uh, just like, did you guys see happen to see the video of the flock of birds falling dead from the sky? What yes. was that? What? That wow. is just where Johnny? Where was hell. it? Mexico uh, or something? It was yeah. It was in Guadalajara, maybe I think. Uh, but it, it's all over the internet, so you can't miss it. That is a very bizarre. Hey Joe, I'll, I'll send it to you. It's like they fell out yeah. of a dump truck. <laughs> it's My just, email. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The That's eagle weird. thing? Yeah, maybe you want to watch well, it privately. He started frantically searching. No, but I just, I love eagles. I don't By the way, it. can we adjust his camera or his chair or something? Yeah, his, all I can see is He his looks nose. like Waldo. <laughs> okay, thanks, Joe. Just like the oh, uh, regular God. season, Super Bowl numbers were outstanding on television for the big game. The 2022 Super Bowl scored more than 100.2 million viewers, according to Nielsen data from NBC and Telemundo. 
cracking that 100 million ceiling, the Super Bowl 56 viewerships, a nice bounce from the total audience of 96.4 million last year on CBS. In fact, with an audience of about 91.6 million on the Viacom CBS-owned network alone last year, uh, that win was the least watched Super Bowl in nearly two decades. More metrics from Peacock and other platforms and outlets are expected later today from NBC Sports. Based on recent Super Bowl trends and the strong season the league had overall, the streaming numbers are likely to be record-breaking. After its debut last year, kickoff to summer at the fair returns to the Minnesota State Fairgrounds this May. According to a release from fair organizers, the five-day event will be held May 26th through the 30th. It'll feature food and drinks, live music, shopping, and family activities on the fairgrounds. No, Joe, just come over here. No, John's doing his new. I know, I know. All right. No, come uh, here. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to play it because it's live reaction at, with yeah. our friends at KSTP, and just, I think Joe needs to hear this. I think it's worth playing. Here we go. Yeah, just sound up. Yep. Yeah. And, and, and the DNR's Eagle Cam. Yep. We got, I don't know if that's Nancy or what's the other parent? Turn your mic on, Chris. It. Harry and Nancy. Oh, yeah, Harry and Nancy. I don't know if that's Nancy or Harry, but anyway. Oh, oh, there's the other one. <laughs> is this, this is a live cam. This is live, yeah. Good. Look at that. So there they oh. are. And they got that egg in there, and oh, oh, I don't know what's happening now. Domestic disturbance. <laughs> Chris Wait, says we Joe. might have another egg soon. Okay, well, let's just uh, move on and talk about the first <laughs> 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 I have another egg soon, huh? I wonder oh, where that camera is. Uh, they don't. They won't tell. Yeah, anybody. they never do, right? They yeah, never give the no, little, little top secret, which is good because you know some idiot would go up there. Oh, I gotta oh, yeah. go get a view of this. So now I, I can see what you're going to be doing this afternoon, Such. I know I'm, oh. I'm not as good as rookie, but I know how your mind works. Uh, you're going to go down to uh, it's called East River Parkway Road, whatever the hell it is, just north of ford parkway yeah you know bring your binoculars and you're going to spy up at that eagle's <laughs> nest aren't you oh i know where that is i look at it every day yeah, yeah. i used to every day i drove yeah. by i'd look up there you know what's weird too is when the when the when the deed was done when they got out of the nest there was a bunch of dog collars really yeah how strong are those <laughs> Did he light nests up the that, how strong are those nests to survive winds that we get isn't that something yeah, yeah. i don't know wow because they're up at the top yeah yeah I, uh, I assume I they will return to the nest we're talking about. They do. Yeah, right. yeah, they're one of the few birds that do that. I did not know this until about two years ago, and Kenny will feel free to call me a city. I'm sure you will. Uh, I'm sitting out on my deck, and I looked up to the trees, and I said, boy, we got a lot of nests. And uh, my kid looked at me and said, you know, a lot of those are squirrel nests. Yeah. I said, no, squirrels don't make nests. Yeah. And he looked at me like I was nuts, and then we proceeded to watch squirrel run into a nest. Well, I didn't know squirrels had nests either. Oh, thank yeah. you. Good. Trees Good. Hollowing yeah. out trees and stuff. Yeah, they Good. do, but then they also make these little mini uh, condos oh. just perched in a branch made out of leaves and sticks and all sorts of stuff. Oh, wow. Good. And I have no idea how they stay up there in the yeah. wind. Yeah. Uh, the longest delayed concerts on the Twin Cities calendar have been pushed into another year of waiting. Kenny, Rage. are you ready to... Uh, Pencil this onto your calendar, sir. What do we Rage, got? Rage. Rage Against the Machines, pair of Target Center shows, uh, which have been booked now for May 2020, then July 2021, then May 2022, have been pushed back again and rescheduled for March 19th and 20th of 2023. Here's the deal, Chris. There used to be a time when I'd be down on the floor <laughs> getting slugged and slugging others. I'm not going unless uh, HBI has a suite that I can be in. <laughs> I, I need to be safe. You're such a sellout. Why are they getting delayed? COVID? Yeah, it's the pandemic. Uh, yes. Yeah. 
Have you ever so, been in a legitimate big city mosh pit? I was Hell one wall? time, and I hated every second of it. I did well, not enjoy you've, it. You've got to be at the right level of yes intoxication, uh, and, and I just I've got no shot. Ticket holders can use their original tickets for the new dates. Uh, fans who want refunds can still get them. And thanks to concert, uh, concert goers who have already turned in tickets amid all these delays, the shows were initially sold out, you can still get new tickets at Target Center's box office. Do you know who the promoter is there, John? I do not. All right. A special feature ran on the website The Takeout yesterday. The Takeout is a food website. As part of their Valentine's Day celebration... Al Glinecki and Jeanette Cooper aren't afraid of the mushy stuff. The two met and fell in love during Glinecki's heyday as the fastest tongue in the world. Whoa. A title no. he, no. Whoa. Title no. he Whoa. claimed. How many wives smashing, and girlfriends does he have? After he uh, smashed the Guinness World Record for knotting cherry stems with his tongue. He's since claimed a total of seven records as the current Guinness record holder for tying 14 stems in one minute. Now, seven years later, Glianecki and Cooper travel the world and fend off the occasional obscene phone call for the guy with the tongue, all while making time to take advantage of his talents. When people ask how I practice, Jeanette tells everybody she's my personal trainer. They're Jesus. a cheeky pair, cracking naughty jokes and pouring margaritas from their home base in Gulf Breeze, Florida, as they continue to travel to show off his talents. For those of you looking for the Eagle video, uh, you can just see it on the Garage Logic uh, Twitter page. I, uh, oh, good. I, I want to see a video of this guy doing uh... Oh, he's everywhere. I, I looked it up after I saw the story. He's, he's everywhere. Here's a pro tip for you criminals out there. If you're on probation and a probate officer stops by your house to check up on you on occasion, you might want to keep the illegal stuff out of sight. California over the weekend, Humboldt County, about uh, 10 o'clock in the morning, on Sunday, sheriff's deputies conducted a probation search on 48-year-old Kenneth Allen Wolf at his residence. Deputies contacted and detained Wolf at the residence. During the search of the residence, they found 21 firearms, 3,800 rounds of ammunition, and 22 grams of methamphetamine. Uh, needless to say, Mr. Wolf was arrested. He's no longer on probation. John, that's terribly interesting. Thank you. <laughs> can always tell by that tone that maybe it wasn't it's, that interesting. It's that line, and it's, why, I wonder why this is in the news today. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I've yeah. been watching Canadian TV all morning, Such, and they repeatedly show uh, a bunch of firearms that they have taken off. I saw the, that, yeah. These truckers. And... Uh, I, I have more guns than that in, in one room huh. in my but, house. By the, by the way, I could update you on that, too. I just saw a news story. Uh, the Do trucks are, are rolling out yeah. uh, of the southern Alberta town and ending a blockade that paralyzed the U.S. border crossing into Montana. And the chief of police, who led the effort to end the occupation of Ottawa, has resigned. Really? Apparently, he took a lot of heat mm -hmm. uh, before Trudeau put the emergency uh, thing in effect. I, I, I've uh, tried to understand what's happened in the tw last 24 hours, and I, I don't get the Canadian government and how it works. I've tried to understand what's happened in the last two years, and I'm, I can't. <laughs> yeah. I, two? Please tell me we're not going to break that down, because I, I think my brain no, will not. explode. Here we go. Let's take a break. Okay. All right. It's the end of the world as we know it, and he feels fine. Joe Souchere. Is this Dylan? Yes, sir. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, Tim notes, here's what Rookie should have bought his wife for Valentine's. Oh, boy. Rook likes to hang out at yard sales and flea markets. Why couldn't he buy his wife one of these nice prints of the Blessed Virgin Mary for $30? It turns out this print was actually made by German artist Albrecht Dürer in the 16th century. International ex- experts deemed the finding one of the most significant art discoveries in recent memory and estimated it is worth more than $10 million. The artwork was originally purchased for $30 at a yard sale of an architect who had been given the drawing by his art dealer father. The moral of the story, if your dad is an art dealer, don't sell the art you inherit in a lawn sale along with the used kitchen utensils and garage wood. 30 bucks. You hear this once a year. 30 bucks. It was worth 10 mil. Huh. Well, you see that on uh, Antiques Roadshow every Monday night, stories mm, like that. You rarely get a blockbuster on... Uh, not for 10 mil, you're no, right. Yeah. Now, mil. because they all the way, uh, only because they come to us all the way from Marloth Park <laughs> in Mpumalanga, South Africa, from the Traveling Lymans. It was on this day. Uh, that would be Febu- February 15th. 1822, Henry B. Whipple was born oh. in uh, Adams, New York. As Minnesota's first Episcopal bishop, Whipple would work in tirelessly, tirelessly to promote his church in the state. Moving to Faribault in 1852, he would build the first Episcopal cathedral in the country, as well as the Shattuck School, Seabury Divinity School, and St. Mary's Hall. Huh. He would also devote himself to working uh, with the Dakota and Ojibwe, who called him Straight Tongue. After over 300 Dakota had been sentenced to death, for participating in the U.S. Dakota War in 1862, Whipple would intercede with President Abraham Lincoln, who then commuted most of the sentences. Whipple died in Faribault on September 16, 1901. I bet, this is just a hunch, at Shattuck St. Mary, where Whipple Hall is, I bet that was named after I him. I think you're on the right track. <laughs> it was on this day in 1870. A groundbreaking ceremony for the Northern Pacific Railroad is held at Northern Pacific Junction, later called Carlton. The line to the Pacific Ocean completed on September 8, 1883, with the same spike used to begin construction in Minnesota as the first single-company transcontinental line. Hmm. And as a reminder, and as a reminder, uh, today in 1921... It hits 63 degrees, and that's our first 60 of a year. Oh, that is a good sign. It's the first 60 of a year. Have we turned the corner? Boy, I think it would help everyone's mood uh, to have some 80-degree days, wouldn't it? What do you mean? (laughs) It would help mine. Just to get rid of this winter is exacerbating the feeling we have of crime and you know the uh, the, the bride. She uh, reluctantly stayed in this state because she's not she's not originally from here. She wanted to move to a warm weather state. Well, so she, you should have Super Bowl Sunday morning. Um, given that San Diego happens to be one of her favorite spots, the Super Bowl was just north in Los Angeles. I know that. Yeah, and uh, they had the forecast, and it was eighty four degrees. That's very rare for San Diego. It is, but I texted her a photo. I said, "Oh, wouldn't it be nice to be there today?" She's out in her on her run in negative whatever it was Sunday morning. And she I'd said, like I'm, to, not, uh, I'm not coming home. I'd like to point out for Chris, because he wanted to know if we turn the corner, the next two nights supposed to be below zero. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> Sorry, Thanks. Chris. Thanks, John. <laughs> Just to add to your... Uh... Why do you have to do that? But isn't this the time of the year where the <laughs> average high starts to go up? There's no reason well, for I mean, to Well, I mean, Feb 15, way. and you're seeing a record high of 63. Unfortunately, it was a long time ago. Are you, yeah. I'd are like you, it today. Are you smelling <laughs> spring yet? I have smelled it on occasion. Okay. And you'll recall that my discovery was so uh, energizing. What you're smelling is worms that turn, up the, turn over the earth. 
That ain't worms, buddy. No, that's, that's what I'm smelling. <laughs> that's the neighbor's dog. <laughs> Thank you, GLers. Yes. GLers, do us a favor and join the thousands of subscribers on the Garage Logic YouTube page where we are posting daily content. And also do us a favor and download the PodMN app by just by listening. GL enters you for the chance to win daily prizes. Yeah, it's just that easy. And also visit us on all of our social media channels, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, all available for you right there. We'll catch you tomorrow. It is that time once again here in Garage Logic where we pick up that phone and we make that call to Mr. Money Talk. Josh Arnold and GLers, now is the time for you to do that same thing and make that call for that free 48-minute financial consultation. By doing just what I did, call 952-925-5608. That number once again is 952-925-5608. When you call that number, you get Mr. Money Talk and you also get straight talk. You're never going to get sugar-coated advice. And Josh is on the line with us once again here in Garage Logic. And Josh... Are there inflation worries and the threat of war goes down today? The threat of war, Chris, goes down today. I'm sure that many people are already aware that Russia has pulled back some of their troops from the Ukrainian border and returned them to their garrison base, saying that was the end of their training exercises. Well, I still think that there's still some potential for a hot zone that could adversely affect the price of oil. Oil, as listeners, Chris, are well aware, is a major input into inflation. And I have stressed this over the course of the last year as inflation worries have continued to grow, moving, according to the Fed, from a transitory situation to a more permanent situation. Now, many people look and say, well, there's so much money that's been pumped into the system and you have a lot of money, particularly on the part of consumers chasing way too few goods due to all the shutdowns that took place globally in 2020 and even part of 2021. Indeed, part of the market's volatility has been due to ongoing pressure from COVID and the different variants that have given rise to the fear that governments will again shut down their economy. So you have almost a stop start to many places or many companies companies, manufacturing companies, et cetera, along the supply chain. But I still go back that a lot of inflation is still caused by the price of oil moving up in the last year, February to February, from $55 a barrel to now $94 a barrel. That is very significant. And oil goes through the entire supply chain. So price of oil increases, that increases the cost of manufacturing, increases the cost of transportation, increases the cost of providing energy across the board. So to me, it's still a major, major component. Raising interest rates that the Fed is proposing to do, we'll find out a little bit more about that tomorrow when the Fed releases their minutes from their previous meeting. And numerous Fed governors have discuss starting the move up in interest rates in March, whether that be 25 basis points or one quarter of 1% or 50 basis points, one half of 1% is going to be, in my estimation, immaterial. But once that moves 
starts, the next question the traders will have, when will the Fed's interest move? When will they stop? And will they be able to be light-footed enough to stop raises before the economy tips into a recession? So we're going to go from worries about inflation to worries about recession and or stagflation. So that'll be a concern as we go forward into the coming months and even into next year. My belief is that raising interest rates is not going to necessarily impact price of oil. It's not going to necessarily impact people shopping or consumers shopping. There's still tremendous pent-up demand. So people are pent-up. They're not spent up, so to speak. As statistics are now showing, the concern with the Omicron variant is now coming down. And statistics have showed we've kind of peaked in January. So now we have the reopening trade starting again. That has been positive for hotels, companies like Airbnb, which have done well throughout the last two years. And hopefully my casinos will start seeing some improvement, not only from visitation, but also from sports betting. Just one comment, I was hosted last night by Hubbard Broadcasting at a wild game, and my host brought up that you were very kind to talk to Roycey that I was not in favor of cryptocurrency. I did mention that yesterday on the show. And I would say thank you for listening to Mr. Money Talk. Chris, and conveying that on to my friend Patrick. Well, I've been getting advice uh, for years, Mr. Money Talk, and I know the GLers appreciate the information each and every week. I would still say stay away from cryptocurrency. Very good. You heard them, GLers. Now's the time to make that call for that free 48-minute financial consultation by doing just what I did and have been for years. Call 952-925-5608. Straight talk, never sugar-coated advice. Josh, as always, thank you so much for the time in the chat. Have a great day, and we'll talk to you again on Thursday. You got a deal. Thanks, Chris. Investment advisor services offered by Josh Arnold Investment Consultant, LLC, a registered advisor in the state of Minnesota. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All investments involve risk.